Hey, what's up, guys? This is Riketty, and I'm with Natalia, Travis, and Franz, and together they make... Society. <laughs> All right, cool. So I like to start my segments with uh, just letting everyone know how I met you guys. And uh, Travis or Franz, you want me to tell, or do you guys want to let everyone know? Uh, sure. I mean, you want to go and tell? You tell, though. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I think at the time it was around like 2014. Um, we were in the early stages of Driven Society. This time we were like predominantly music. And. We had a residency on the Lower East Side at this music venue called Drone. And I think um, I received the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, your manager name was Melissa Minot? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. So, yeah, I think I received the email from Melissa or whatnot, and I had seen you and your music on the gram, and she was just like, yo, I want to see if um, Ricketti can perform. And when I heard the music, I loved it, you know what I'm saying? And then... um. I remember you did. I can't remember which showcase it was, but I just remember that when you did it, it was just a lot of love. Like, people really received you well. You performed amazing. It was just a really, it was just really dope. You know what I'm saying? And after that, I think we chopped it up, and I realized, like, oh, shit, Riketti is cool as hell. <laughs> I think um, we just stayed in touch and, been, you know, been cool ever since. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. All right, so exactly what is Driven Society? Well, essentially, German Society is a uh, creative agency that produces events and campaigns for multicultural millennials. Mm-hmm. Um, with our in-house events, we do everything from creative showcases, um, panels, seminars, and we also work with our clients in doing branding and marketing and strategy as well, too. Um, but we, we work in a sense of um, all our events have a personal theme of just self-advancement, and um, community and um, people enjoying themselves and people, you know, just enjoying the people they're around. And um, we uh, we target a certain demographic of multiculturals just to give that space for us to grow together and, you know, offer the resources and tools that at times we haven't been offered. And, you know, we on the front lines of that of that uh, of that movement, of that culture. And, yeah, it's been um, it's been a lot of ups and downs. But, you know, I wouldn't trade this experience for, for anything in the world. I mean, I've. I think you guys started uh, Driven Society, you'd say, 2010, right? Whoa. No? That's <laughs> when? It was more like 2013. 2013. Yeah, 2013 was the first. I definitely watched an interview. You said 2010, but we're not going to talk about that. That might have been a slip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. So oh, then. Think, you know, I probably said it was in the conception. Like, I bought the domain name in 2010. Ah, okay. So okay. it was in conception stage for a few years before uh-huh. I even, you know, moved to New York. And then, you know, I gave Franz that call. And it was just like, you know, go time. Ah, okay. Yeah, because I've seen it. I've seen the growth. I've seen the expansion to different, um, or well, different events that you guys have done. So I'm really happy for you guys. Thank you. And what exactly is like a, a creative agency? So creative agency is, um, the way I like to say it is when a brand comes to you and says, Hey, we want to, we have this idea, we want to put it out and it can be anything from an, uh, marketing campaign. Like think about anytime Apple launches a new product, how are they going to get it out? How are people going to know what to buy? Or they even an experience, a movie, um, a new album, um, like, Whenever a new artist comes out with a new album, think of Two Chains and Pretty Girls, uh, 
love trap music. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the and how they trap had the house, house yeah. the trap house in Atlanta, a salon. Mm-hmm. Um, he even took it to uh, getting tested. It's like everything that surrounds the brand, everything that helps get out the message. Um, and it can be done through so many different avenues, so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, I think back to why we geared towards multicultural millennials is because when we think about, well, personally, when I think about advertisement campaigns, mm-hmm. a lot of times I see a blonde haired blue eyed person, um, or we're depicted in a different, in a, in a way that I would say is not so much a celebration of us. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's like, how do we showcase our communities in a way that's celebrated in a way that is where we're pushing our communities forward? Mm-hmm. How, what was, uh, like the inception and meaning behind Driven, like, can you talk a little bit about that? Franz? Um, so originally we started off as like a, like a entrepreneurial lifestyle and culture blog. Mm-hmm. And then um, from there we moved into music. Um, and then from there we uh, went into like a relationship building phase that started the um, experiential marketing um, arm. So originally it started out as just a way to, um, like share your, our passion for, um, entrepreneurship and creativity. And then it's blossomed since then, just by the nature of like the rooms and the opportunities that we are in or the people that we meet. Um, it's like every time you meet somebody new, it's like, like another door is open, you know, your eye is open to, something possible Mm -hmm. and the name behind driven society like what Mm -hmm. did it just come to you you were like nah i'm like who oh good question so i always knew like i mean i'm one of them people that didn't know exactly what i wanted to be when i got older i mean i know i wanted to be rich and ball on people i knew that you know what i'm saying (laughs) um my original like dream was real estate and uh you know, when I went to New York, that's exactly when I moved back to New York. That's exactly what I started doing. That's actually how I met Franz, and um, and actually me and that also had like a real estate connection as well too. But um, I I remember I just knew my element where I felt the best, where I felt the most creative, where I felt alive was when I was bringing people together. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When I was bringing the community together, when I was just you know part of the team that orchestrated um, just people coming together for collaborations, networking. Um, I just felt amazing in that space. And um, the type of people I realized that I was really, you know, connecting with and building with, they all want one thing in common, regardless of the industry, the one thing in common was that they were driven. So um, originally the first name was Driven Minds. Mm -hmm. And... um, I went to go buy the domain name and it cost five hundred dollars. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> had to come up with something different. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I was in the car with my brother, um, my brother Jeff at the time, and I just remember I was like, "Yo, damn, like driven minds taking." What should I come up like driven, driven, driven society? And the next day I bought the domain name, and uh, you know that was two thousand ten, and um, you know here we are now. And, and Driven Minds is ultimately like the podcast series that you guys do anyway. Yeah, so it worked out. It circled back. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
What are your roles within Driven Society and how did you guys meet? Great question. Um, CEO, um, co-founder. And tell, tell them your name because not everyone's going to be familiar with like who's talking and stuff no like doubt. that. You're right. You're right. I'm Travis Weeks, CEO, co-founder. Um, my role is business development, mainly um, also creative strategy. Um, and when you say business development, like what exactly is that? I feel like people use that term a lot and people are like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Not a great question. My role is going out there in this industry is getting to the money pretty much. You know what I mean? Just um, meeting with brands, networking, pitching, um, coming up with different type of event products, um, coming up with different sales tactics, um, creating a team, just totally anything that just brings money into the company, any mm-hmm. type of products. Um, and uh marketing campaigns that uh ultimately um bring income into the comp- into the company mm-hmm. um originally how i met franz was um i was doing real estate orig- i was doing real estate a few years back and that's actually i'm from new york but i i grew up in jersey mm-hmm. and i'm beijing too don't get a twist um <laughs> gotta plug that you know what i mean um and i met franz through my god brother at the time, Brandon Gibson. So I really wanted to be heavy in real estate, like really heavy in real estate. My day, I was like 18 and I was, and my bro was like, yo, come, come to New York. Like this is where the money's at. Mm-hmm. Come get your real estate license and come work out of my shop and whatnot. And at that time he was like, he was like 20. He was pushing an M35 Infinity. He was just scared. I'm like, yo, I need to be like this guy. So I did that. I went back and forth, got my real estate license at exactly, I think I'm at 19 years old, um, transitioned to New York, um, walking to the office at the time was Queens, walking to the office, and here's this guy sitting down, <laughs> and he's like, what's up? I'm, you know, from nice to meet you. Um, I heard we're going to be working together. And um, our first experience was in real estate. Like, we would, we would um, our mentors at the time was my godbrother Brandon and this Italian guy named Nick who was just showing us the ropes, showing us the real estate space, the investment space and we had to spend a lot of time together like we had to go to like old dilapidated houses and walk through it and um freaking and and like we were like, we used to walk through it with sticks because we thought like homeless people lived there like it was just it was just wild like we had to <laughs> it was a wild time this is when it was still kind of hood over there like it's not like oh in queens it's kind of real yeah. yeah actually this was in the office was in queens but the investments they they would um search for was in brooklyn and we were a part of that team to go find different houses to, mm-hmm. for them to invest in so mm-hmm. we had to f- go in all these like messed up homes and figure out if it was worthy of you know being invested in and um and yeah, so through that, we just built a real relationship. You know what I mean? He was like, oh, I think before time, he became my brother. We became really good friends. And, um, you know, our relationship has evolved into business, you know, being a business relationship as well. And, you know, it's my brother for life. Um, Natalia. Let me tell that story. You want to tell how I'm Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so I'm Natalia Savedra. <laughs> I'm CMO co-founder as well. Uh, so my role in the company is uh, creative direction, uh, a lot of event production. Uh, I would say I love experiential stuff, so I'm always trying to come up with all of the experiential campaigns and um, a lot of business development too. So whenever it's meetings with different brands, 
a lot of the times Travis and I are the ones walking into the room. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and how I met Travis was uh, we went to, well, first of all, I come from, I come, I was born in Colombia. Mm-hmm. I moved here when I was seven and I come from a very traditional immigrant family where I thought I had to be an attorney or I thought I had to be um in the medical field, I just thought like yeah. it was like one or the other. They didn't send um, you to school to be creative, <laughs> right? That's most immigrants. Yeah, and actually, I thought I wanted to work at the UN, and I worked at the UN for some time, and I really didn't like it. I didn't like the bureaucracy. I didn't like how how long things took to to actually happen. Mm. Um, so then I and then law school didn't work out. I was actually accepted into law school, and then I started working at a tech startup, and I was like, this isn't for me. And I gave up my offer, mm. and I gave up all that life (laughs) um but anyway uh I really wanted to be in marketing and I didn't really know how to get there I didn't know how to start and I went to this tech event and I saw Travis sitting down and I'm like he looks so interesting I just want to talk to him (laughs) (laughs) and I sat at his table and I was like so what do you do and he tells me about driven society he tells me about driven minds and I'm like oh I'm definitely going to check this out I'm going to check out the website and um I'd love to link up again have coffee or something and what was this this was this was not this October but last October so October 20 2016 2016 oh yeah two Octobers ago and so we want we go out for coffee. We talk about just like our business goals, our life goals, really. Sure. And um, I was like, uh, I think I heard a podcast. I was like, oh, I definitely want to suggest some people. And I started out by suggesting people. That's how I met Franz. Um, and after a few suggestions, uh, Travis gets asked to do a an event, a focus group for this conglomerate of brands. And uh, I was his first call. He's like, I just got hired to do this event. Um, And right away I was like, oh, well, let me, whatever you need my help in, I'd love to help you. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, would you want to do this event with me? And we do this event. It's probably one of the hardest events in my life. Oh my gosh. And just coming out of this event, we're like, wow, we survived. Should we start a company together? (laughs) Should we start the creative aspect of Uh, the creative agency of Driven Society? Mm, Okay, okay. Because at that point, it was like, um, we were at that point before we even, like, we we went through a couple phases of like just evolving. You know what I mean? Originally, it was kind of like we were just a platform. Right. I didn't really start thinking about creative until, like, especially experiential marketing until, like, you know, um, we had a couple of events under the belt. Mm-hmm. And then when this project came, I knew, like, um, Nat had, like, really extensive um, production background. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I needed that side for, like, as far as just, you know, just to stipulate it. And, like, I learned a lot from her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, learned, I still do. And um, that job was ridiculous. I remember stressing Crazy. the fronds about it. But like, you survived. We and, survive. And it happens. And at that point, I was like, yo, if we could go through this together. <laughs> we can do anything. Welcome and to you the didn't team. kill each other either. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the team. And um, and there's a few a few more of us that, you know, um, participate in the strategy, mm-hmm. the vision of Driven Society. And, uh, you know, shout out to those guys. Um, Zuhabe. I got to mention my brother, Zuhabe, who's been day one mm-hmm. part of the team. Zuhabe Cocab, as well as... Um, George Sylvain as well too. People who've just you know been a part of the the um, the growth. Um, but these two right here, this 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 
this trifecta right here has been brain trust. Mm -hmm. You know, we create together, we build together, we fight together. You know what I mean? Yes. But uh, <laughs> ultimately, we um, love each other. We love each other, and our and, our, and our life goals are aligned. Quick question: CMO. Yes. What's that? Chief Marketing Officer. Gotcha. And then you said something about experiential. Right. So um, <clears throat> it's essentially when you walk into an event. Um, what are the things like how can you experience an event in a different way so for example um, we're having an event coming up it's a it's the reserve it's a creative marketplace mm -hmm. and with all the shopping that happens online how can we make this a uh, really cool shopping experience for you the one cool thing about the event is we showcase minority-owned women-owned businesses mm -hmm. um, so, for example, uh, what's the thing that's going to make you remember the event and it's going to make you want to talk about it? There's going to be a lot of buzz there. So even just a wall with messages of why shop local um, and bringing out the importance of shopping local. Or, for example, um, having someone there that officer, off, offers massage services. Um, so it's like you're there not only walking through tables and seeing the product, but you're also experiencing it. Mm -mm. So that's what I would say. Cool. And Franz? Um, Franz Bowen, um, co-founder. Um, I do, I wear a lot of different hats, um, but mostly like creative development. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Creative development, like I'm the person that kind of helps um, come up with the ideas and figure out how to execute them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay, and uh, who's your target audience? Multicultural millennials. So our target audience is pretty much us, people that are peer group. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so it's ages 18 to... 34. 34 multicultural both men and women oh, well yeah nowadays groups are categorized mm -hmm. um but yeah millennials driven tech savvy um into like, culture into music yeah they like brands they like experiences um they read publications like Forbes, like mm -mm. Um, Inc. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you guys offer creative services, influential, influent, influencer marketing, <laughs> brand strategy, event production, content creation, and um, philanthropy. What What are some of the philanthropic things that you guys have done? Great question. You know, um, like when, I, uh, when we first started really getting into it, I think it was our... We have a yearly coat and toy drive that we do mm -hmm. um, every Christmas time. We throw a party and a celebration, and we have people come back and give back to um, you know the less fortunate who need coats to be worn around the winter time, as well as the youth too. Like you know, just giving them a happy Christmas. Yeah, mm -hmm. this last event that we our last toy drive, we had over eighty coats. We had over eighty toys. We had monetary donations as well. Absolutely. The philanthropic things really comes with also what's you know what touches us. Like even in two thousand fifteen right. we produced an event called Dis Music Live and um partial proceeds went through um a sickle cell anemia um nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And um, because a friend of mine close to me who's helped build this as well too named Jay um he suffers with sickle cell, mm -hmm. and um, you know we just wanted to do that, you know, in uh, 
just in his name. You know what I mean? Um, Not too long ago, we did an event series called Wonder Woman. We were one of the partners in that. And that was, uh, we partnered up with WIN, which is a women's organization that provides, uh, for example, like women products for homeless women mm-hmm. um that there was money there was a monetary donation that we made towards the uh the organization as well but it was like women bringing uh hygiene products all for homeless women yeah so we try to tie the cultural things we do when it comes to events or you know um bringing people together and we try to at times link that with a, a non-profit that you know that touches us and we want to continue that as far as uh our uh, business model. So um, as millennials, we've seen some significant changes, especially through social media. Um, And we're going to have to, especially you guys are going to have to gear up to deal with what they call Generation Z, which is they're no older than 19. True. Do you guys, um, have you like anticipated uh, the difference in dealing with that next generation as opposed to dealing with uh, the millennials. Yeah, I think um, we got out in front of it with our podcast mm-hmm. um, because they're stepping into an age where if you're, you know, getting to be around 17, 18, 19, like your curiosities aren't are changing from, you know, the popping shit to like, you know, what can service me? What can I learn? So um, I think we're, we're getting out ahead in front of that by, you know, producing that type of content where they can listen to, you know, people who are kind of their peers and a little bit older than them that mm. they still kind of respect in the age group mm. um, and, you know, get some game because there's always going to be some people that want to be um, that want to go somewhere in life, you know. So um, I think that that's um, one way that we've. Uh, yeah targeted that yeah i mean content is king nowadays so like one of the things that we do at all of our events is we record our events so they can live on youtube Mm -hmm. or live on whatever medium it is that we're going to have them on and it seems like with these coming generations it's all about they read less how yeah they they consume consume completely differently so much video it's Mm -hmm. crazy um but the other thing too is all of its experiences really so I think that that's what a lot of brands are doing. A lot of brands are taking a lot of their events or taking a lot of their um, content and they're making it an experience for you. Um, So, you know, going to a concert and there being a VR room or there being a room where you can jump, whatever it is. But like all of these rooms are are sponsored by brands Mm. so and like this is what kids like to do we went to we went to what concert was it this year panorama or i don't know what it was no it was um the one where jay-z may start with um um uh yeah the meadows Meadows, and it was all about experiences like there were rooms with beds (laughs) like where you just went to chill and if you look at who's there it's like kids that are like 16 to 19 mm. i felt old at that concert <laughs> i think what makes us what makes us a little different too is the mm-hmm. fact that um even with even with gen z gen z um once they start getting older one thing that's aligned that's that common thing mm-hmm. regardless of what they're into socially culturally is getting money 
right? right. Okay. Like, you gotta make money to feed yourself or whatnot. Mm. I think we provide um, events, content um, in a cool way, in a cultural way mm. that um, shows how to, shows how to um, increase value for yourself, mm. shows how to get paid to be yourself, right. shows how to, um, you know, just gives resources and tools for people to, you know, just develop themselves. And we do it in such a, a unique way. Um, you leave able, inspired. Right. You leave inspired. And we're able to attract, you know, anybody who's part of the culture because that's what we are. We're right. part of the culture. So, um, talking about getting money. There are a lot of creatives that give away a lot of content for free. What's one thing that you would tell them as far as like monetizing their career? Because <laughs> we're all entrepreneurs here and we don't necessarily want to have to work a nine to five mm -hmm. for the rest of our lives. And definitely, hopefully not within the next couple of months. <laughs> so what's one thing and what's a, one mistake that you see a lot of creatives make as far as like being able to monetize their career? Great question, yo. I think um, creatives are not doing a good job in differentiating what's their premium product, right? Mm -hmm. So they have to differentiate what's um, what's their premium product compared to what they're giving out for free, right? Like if you take Gary V for an example, Gary V. Gary V is getting hundred thousand six figure check branding deals, and he's getting that based off because he's giving away his product for free. So brands are trying to attach their name to him because they know people are looking at him because he's giving away this free product. And his product is information. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just like an artist, your product is music, right? Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is for a creative or an artist, like you want to you want to take your, your product, which is your music. You want to decide which channels you want to give it away for free. But then you also want to decide what you're not giving it away for free. You want right. to make sure that your consumer base knows who you are, um, um, can can source what they want from you, can get what they want from you. At the same time, you want to also have them tapped into the point where they can also, um, where they have an option to actually support you in a real way, to support your premium products. So if you're offering, you know, um, free music, now this is my official EP and differentiate gotcha. that to mm -hmm. different channels, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, if your free music is going on this way, your EP comes out with a special event and pop-up shop with merch um, and just different items that you can sell. You know what I mean? Um, you just want to be able to show that that line between, okay, um, this is who I am as an artist. This is where you'll be able to get my content and my music. But if you want to support, if you want to be a part of this movement, um, this is where this is my premium product. This is where you have to spend that dollar. And once you you know just make that message clear, you know um, it gets a little bit easier. And to add to that, I feel like to get brands on board, you really have to know your numbers. You really have to know, mm -hmm. you know, <clears throat> what kind of people follow you. You have to know what kind of impressions you're making. Um, you have to know. Uh, you have to be able to provide that value for brands so that brands can offer you that check. Mm -hmm. I think what I find a lot with creatives is that they don't believe in themselves as like an entity and as a business. Right. And a lot of people, even people that I know that I've done songs with, like they have this idea of saying like, my music is fire. So mm -hmm. everything else will follow. And I'm like, this is not where we are right now. Like right. Th that time is gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it is my hope that people 
I think I've drilled this enough <laughs> throughout this series of interviews that it is my hope that creatives really start to think as think of themselves as a business and charge, cor- yeah. you know, accordingly. If that's what they want. And I think another thing is like, if that is what you want, if you want to make the uh, money off of your brand, then you also have to treat it as a business, right? So right. you have to have... You have to have decks. You have to have like these business proposals of this is what I can offer. You also have to have case studies of like, well, this is what this is what your money got you. Gotcha. Um, so I think having a business plan really important. And I think nowadays we think, oh, well, if I have a hundred thousand followers, that should be enough to get me a check. And I I think that's wrong. I think uh, brands are still looking for that business type of organization. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially that organic relationships. They want to know that you can uh you can contribute to culture. They want to know that you can uh mm-hmm. you know, that you can um you you're actually touching the people that you know, you're uh, giving your art to and that they can you can influence them. You know what I mean? Because if you're an artist, you're 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 actually an influencer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you are the culture. Absolutely. And a lot of people I don't think they think of it like that. So um, I'm going to take a line out of some of the the series of podcasts that you guys have done. So I want to know what drives you know, faithfully, don't really? even. <laughs> I tell you that all the time. Yeah, so, so I ain't seen you know, a little while, so I ain't. Hey, you know. What's your favorite episode? <laughs> um, I like the one with Brandon Bryant. Um, I haven't. I haven't really listened to this seasons, but I've listened to a lot of like the previous seasons and even um with Imani. And there's a lot of people that like you guys interview, and I'm like, oh, they know that. I'm deaf. I, I gotta hit up Travis. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think that it's important for people to maintain relationships and not be afraid to ask questions. A lot of the times, like, if I don't know anything, I'm gonna be like, who do I know that knows the answer to this? And so, and you know, I try my best to like not seem as if I I just want. Something out of that. Right, right, right. So I I think it's important for us to also, like, support each other. I don't know why, but every time I come out to your events, Travis is, like, always surprised to see me. And I'm like, why would I not come? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, why would I not come? (laughs) So. I'm grateful. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I mean, I I told you, like, I believe in the, the work that you guys do. And that's, you know, one reason why I am interviewing you guys. I want everybody um, to know who you are and to be able to come to you guys and and support your business and oh, go to your events. Um, so what drives you? Yeah, Franz. Well, what drives me, I want to be the best possible version of myself every day for the rest of my life. So that means like, you know, attacking things full force. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully somebody's inspired by that. Short and sweet. Like Franz. <laughs> <laughs> really? What else? Yeah. Um, man, I think one thing that really drives me is that my parents left everything mm-hmm. to come to this country to give me an education. And uh, you just don't forget that. Um, especially seeing my dad work two jobs. Uh, he would leave at six five or six o'clock in the morning he would get back at four and we would have dinner at four so we could have dinner with Aww. my dad and then he would leave again at five five thirty and he wouldn't get back till eleven thirty at night and just seeing him get so tired and just leave everything mm-hmm. for us man that that's like a one thing that 
wakes me up in the morning and that I just, I, you know, whenever I'm feeling down or whenever I'm feeling like I can't do this, I just think about how they left everything for us to be able to have a better future. So mm-hmm. what's your definition of, uh, hold on, I'm going to answer that. Uh-huh. Okay. Just real quick. Only because um, I got to shut up my mom's. That's who drives me. Number one. And number two, honestly speaking, mm-hmm. I just want to do what, can we curse on here or not? Alright, nah. Um, I just want to do what um, I love to do for a living. Mm. Period. Yeah. Like I just want to wake up and do what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Mm. You know I mean, I don't want to swap out my time, which is all of our most most important resources with um with anything. But what I want to do, simple as that. Well, uh, let me just add one more thing. Sorry. No. Um, I think another thing that drives me is the fact that our communities are so amazing Mm -hmm. that we're so resilient in the face of whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's to celebrate that. I mean, it's to change the narrative. That's like something that really drives me that um, our communities deserve to be celebrated more than they are now. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that I don't get tired of. I think that it's like in the beginning stages of of celebration. Like there are a lot of organizations emerging that uh you know, they have their specific goal, but I feel like now especially within what the past I'm going to say even 2 years, um there are a lot of organizations out here that are specifically for creatives. So I think that that's cool. Um what would you say to the 9 to fivers and and people that are like the creatives that are ashamed to to say that they have like a nine to five like what would you say to them i'm still a nine to five pay your cell phone bills you can do everything you want to do regularly take care of yourself for sure because that's how you attract more bread to be honest like be grateful yeah yeah nobody wants to do business for anybody that's not doing well so you got to keep yourself on point Secure that bag. I think one thing, yeah, so for, for sure, secure that bag. I have the I have this conversation with Travis all the time because I still have a nine to five, and sometimes I call him to complain, and he's like, "Nat, be grateful that you have a job." Yeah. And I think I just get a little ahead of myself, like, "Oh my gosh, when is this gonna be like my full time thing?" Mm-hmm. Um, but to you know, don't be ashamed of what you're doing if you if you want to get somewhere else. See it as a means to an end. Um but also have tangible steps that you're going to be taking throughout so that you don't say, I'm going to quit my job, but then you never do it. Um, you don't give have yourself a plan after a that deadline, mm-hmm. But have steps so that you can achieve your goals. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You got to have a plan. You right. got to have an escape plan. Don't be quitting your job all willy-nilly. No. <laughs> Especially if you have student loans. <laughs> They're going to come after you. <laughs> yeah, they don't care. What's your definition of culture? Great question. Hmm. I think culture, um, what culture is, is the uh, creative expression of the human spirit. And I also think that culture belongs to the world after you create it. Hmm. You know, like people talk about appropriation and stuff like that. Like, that's just selfish. You know, like I I enjoy, um, you know, Zen culture. I enjoy that. That's Japanese. Hmm. West Indian American, you know, like that's that's my opinion on culture and what it is. And people's interpretation of different things too. It's always interesting. Like they, mm-hmm. have you guys ever heard of uh, K-pop? 
Yeah. Yes. I love K-pop. I love Korean culture. Don't even get me started. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So, what do you want your impact of of the culture to look like in the next ten to fifteen years? Our impact on culture. Mm Hmm. I just I want us to be that um that platform. I want us to be our impact. Let us be the ones that show the way. Mm-hmm. Let us be the ones that got you to the next level. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And let us be the ones to, who created the tools and the pathways for your art. You know what I mean? Our, 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 our vision is never to, to try to dilute your art, to try to um, interfere with your art, try to change your art. We just want to create easier pathways for you to not only create it, but to uh, um, display it to the world. And provide tools as well, because you guys have workshops for creatives um, to really kind of um, get their business together, literally. I think the marketer in me, my vision is uh, I want to be known, I want Driven Society to be known as the innovators, as the creators of cool. So whenever a brand like say Apple or say uh, Nike has a new thing they want to launch, a new product, a new experience, they think, oh, we want Driven Society to be able to do this. Um, Or say a new artist is launching a new album and they want a whole experience around it. You know, I want Driven Society to to be the ones to do this. Um, And and that's that's my vision for sure. Uh, my vision is uh, an inclusive culture that, um, you know, embraces mm-hmm. everybody's, like, uniqueness mm-hmm. and provides legit opportunities for people because all three of us, you know, we, we're making the road by walking, you know, and this is not handed to us and every yeah. opportunity that we get, we're grateful for it. Um, at the same time, you know, in, in, in change, we'd like to be able to, you know, provide opportunities for younger people. Like, Trav has a has a younger brother that comes out from Jersey that's being exposed to a whole different world now mm. just by sheer virtue of knowing Travis, you know, but also being able to know him in third person through the company and be like, if somebody is in South Jersey and they need an internship for the summer, they can come to Driven Society and develop skills and meet people. You know what I mean? Mm. Instead of staying home and just working a regular-ass job, that's not going to get you nowhere. Right. And you can't build off of that either. So in keeping with the theme of we are revolution, what is your definition of a revolution? Anybody? <laughs> the I think a revolution is the changing of um, a collective consciousness. Mm. It's um, it's it's ideas, you know, like people are in the street marching for an ideal, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that's becomes tangible when people start to live it. So that's what I think revolution is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, same here. A cultural renaissance. Um, uh, France was perfect. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, um. This is this question is kind of parallel to what I've already asked you, but what is your role in the revolution? Like, what is driven society role in the revolution? Um, yeah, DS role is to be 
the conduit, you know what I mean? We're, 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 we're the, uh, the trailblazers, you know what I mean? We're, we're in arms with you, you know? Not only are, um, I feel like we have our part in creating the revolution, mm -hmm. creating part of the revolution and introducing the individuals who are the, the, um, who'll be on the front line of the, of the revolution. We're in arms with you. Um, we want to be the platform as well as, uh, walk those streets with you and, you know, we're out there and, the, you know, on the picket lines with you, you know what I mean? And, uh, our role is just to, is just to, um, stay connected to our people mm -hmm. and to, um, you know, just give them, uh, give them the hope, give them the, the courage, the, um, the pathways and the tools to keep going. So, um, unfortunately we have to wrap it up. I, I think I really just wanted to showcase like what driven society was and really just, um, bring to light, like the impact or the future impact that you guys will have, because people will listen to this podcast maybe 10 years from now. Like, Oh y'all heard that, that interview that Rakeni did with driven mm -hmm. society. So that is my hope. And, and for the culture really is for, um, organizations that have specifically geared their services and um, their organization towards a specific community. And I, I feel like you guys are well on your way to doing so. Um, is there anything else that you guys want to say before we wrap this I up? I do. I have to say something very important. What's up? For anybody who's listening, I hope y'all know how dope Ricketti is, you know? <laughs> Like, from since I met her, okay. Thank her you. energy has always been pure, has always been great. She's an amazing songstress on top of that. And, um, you're always creating, you know? You're always creating. Yeah, you always have an event. I apologize for missing them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're not going to go into it. <laughs> All right, well, you brought it up. <laughs> I just had to put it out there. But, you know, you're always creating. Um, you may not know, but I'm inspired by that. Um, I support you, and um, I want you to be great. And, uh, yeah, Thank you're you. super dope. Word. And also follow us on at Driven Society. You want everything. <laughs> Check out. Plug. Uh, <laughs> Driven Minds podcast, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, yes, sir. stay driven. Yeah. So I think that's it. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much. And uh, we'll see you for the next episode. Change, change, change in